0: you doing buddy i'm doing good man yeah i feel okay we just went to the gym it was great yeah first time in a while nice but um yeah doing good how about you doing great (laughs) um yeah what is it tuesday almost the end of january i kind of went by fast yeah (laughs) it's been a pretty good month though been making some videos yeah it's been a great month yeah um we have some topics to talk about, but just wanted to mention like we started putting a Tailwind course up on Build UI, so we've got some more videos on that coming this week. And that's uh, my Tailwind course from Egghead. They are they're great about letting their kind of teachers use their content anywhere, so we're going to make it available to our uh, Build UI members. So it's pretty awesome. Yeah, I was looking at it. It's pre- it's pretty good. I mm-hmm. like it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's a really cool course. It's. I you know it's like things change so fast but um i think i i I made the first video about a year ago maybe a little bit more and um it's all still really good and even though there's new things in tailwind um a lot of it's all still you know doesn't need to be updated in terms of how i do like a flex layout i I was just gonna say until tailwind changes the api for like flex yeah (laughs) i'm fine good to go yeah exactly But yeah, like I opened up the final version of it and was just clicking around the browser, the actual thing that we built. And it's pretty, it's like, looks just like Discord. You can like click on the servers and the channels. I just, I didn't remember everything we built, but it's like, it's pretty cool. It would actually be, you know what? We're talking about our next uh, app to build for like a Build UI kind of exclusive series. And um, it'd be pretty fun to take that since like the UI is done and just like wire and remix with it or something like that. Yeah. Um, It's also like a great fit for that because of like the nesting it's like an app and it's nested where you so, have like your server yeah, you know exactly how we build that yep. number right yeah yep. i mean you can just visualize which parts of the layouts are calling the data um and there's lots of parts of the app that fetch data that aren't navigations so you know clicking like a user's profile and having it show up in the sidebar might not necessarily trigger like a route navigation or url change or hovering over something you know um, cool, yeah, the infinite scroll list of the messages, yeah, you know, hmm um, that's pretty interesting, but um, yeah, so we've been working on that, have some other videos come in, um, yeah, so I just wanted to kind of start with that, but today we want to talk about there's two topics we want to talk about today, one is typescript and then one is uh deferred loading, so let's start with the typescript stuff, all right, yeah, so uh. I was working on a project where where
1: I had to lie in TypeScript, and I kind of realized like we use that term a lot, and yeah, I just wanted to like talk about it, um, yep, you've why been, we do it, and uh, yeah, when it's good, when it's bad, right. and some of the things that like you kind of have to wrestle with as a developer that
0: is about to lie in TypeScript, right, right, <laughs> the moral quandary, yeah, <laughs> you've been you've been working more than I have in a project that's already exists and already has patterns around types and things like that so that's that's interesting too in its own way because um you know there's different ways TypeScript is limited but there's different ways that people write it it's not so limited that all TypeScript code looks the same there's still choices that you have there's some flexibility it gives you yep yep so I think
1: I think sort of um well first like let's define let's talk about the line yeah let's define and then we can talk about that so yeah
0: I mean I I think um Correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, if you ever lie in TypeScript, uh, the root of it is always like runtime data in one form or another. So what does it mean to lie in TypeScript? Well, when you define a a function called add and it takes two numbers, um, then the type system helps you because it will tell you if you call it without a number. Um, And so at that point, assuming your code type checks, within the function, the body of the function, you can be guaranteed that you're working with two numbers. Um, again, assuming the the program type checks. So you won't hit any errors related to those arguments, not being numbers. So that's like the truth of the program. It's giving you information about how it's going to be called. So we would say those types are like aligned with reality. They are, they are aligned and they're, um, they're in line with reality because that's just something that you have a guarantee. It literally gives you a guarantee, assuming the program type checks. Now, the problem comes in where you have arguments where you don't know ahead of time what they're going to be called with, basically. And um, an example of that is, is make an API call where you want you're writing a TypeScript program. When a user comes back from the database, from the API, you want to know the shape of the data. So you type it, but uh, in, it's different. Um, in the same way that when you're writing, uh, writing the implementation of the add function and you're in the body, you want to be sure, have that guarantee of what type of data you're working with. You want that once you're writing a page or seeing whether the user has an active subscription. And so you want those types to mean the same thing. But if you don't handle that situation, right, uh, those types are going to be a lie because they are not necessarily going to represent the data that eventually gets called with that. Because at runtime, the data could be a lot of things and you don't type check that particular version of that program, right? So really, if you think about it, it's like in the static case where you have a function called add and you're calling that function from the same code base, you know the possible code paths just by looking at the implementation and the callers and all of the colors and you have all possible colors right there and you're in a static program so you know what the type information is going to be exclusively whereas <clears throat> if you deploy a function to a, like a running environment and then feed it potentially anything that's why it's harder and that's why it's easy to lie in those situations where your types haven't actually accounted for everything I guess in the same way you could lie with types if you don't think about all the ways it could be called, right? Like I guess not though. No, I mean because I, the,
1: like you said it it has to pass type check. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think I think the thing mm-hmm. here is like lies in typescript whenever we do them they start they don't start out as lies. So an example here is like I'm fetching data from a remote API. That remote API was like it's like 10 years old. There's no before TypeScript ever existed. There's no types I can download. There's no mm-hmm. auto-generated mm-hmm. types. And so I'm writing a TypeScript program, and I don't want to just say, like, I just fetch this blog post from this remote API. It doesn't have types, but I don't want to just mark it as in any. Like, I know it's a blog post. So I create my own type in my app, type blog post, title string, um, is published, Boolean content string Mm -hmm. and that starts out as a truth but we we would refer to this as a lie because our program has taken ownership of Mm -hmm. the type Mm -hmm. but the real ownership of that is the api server and how it responds to you right so for example one day the api server could say like you know what uh content is optional and so we're going to reply with some posts that don't have any content right and our type says no content is always a string right and so now this lie
0: has just flowed yep. through our program <clears throat> so i think there's actually two things here there's two branches from like the ideal world where you have a function defined and then uh, and then the invoke invocations are right there either in the same file or nearby local program the type system can know exclusively how it's being called and then if you type check then the types are truth uh the next level from this is not actually what you just described that's actually two levels there's another level which is uh the data coming in is not even complex enough let's say to get its own types or whatever like if you actually just think about someone calling your function uh from another place that's not in the same program like you can have a correct implementation that type checks based on the arguments being a number but as soon as the caller is is calling it from a different location uh, Mm -hmm. if you like deploy this add function and it gets called like you might have that kind of runtime error where like your function blows up because someone passed in a string even though that was never supposed to be allowed but if you are running that function in an environment that is basically javascript right because whenever these functions run Types aren't there anymore. They get stripped right. out right. Okay. when so the when saying. the when the program gets run. So someone so, could like open up Dev Tools and exactly just type add exactly. a plus exactly some object exactly. But we wouldn't call that a lie. We wouldn't call type check TypeScript lying to you in that case because the only contract you have as a writer of code in that situation is that given someone passes this in, yeah. I know I'm good. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I I would say TypeScript has already done its job.
1: Yeah. It's made sure that in your code base, no one you did not call add with anything that wasn't a number. It compiled your code to JavaScript. And then it just, it gave it
0: to you and said, you you deploy this wherever you want. Yes. But I think it's important to break those two things apart because the whole point is that the type safety you get from the invocation and the implementation being in the same file is like crucial to making it work. And once you split those things up, you lose some safety. So in your example, where you have a blog post that has a type (coughs) of, uh, user with an id and a name oh okay i got that from uh, my cms and so now in my implementation of my app code i'm working with a type that you know is given to me and so i can trust it but can you can you trust it in the same way you can trust those two file functions in the same file you can't because someone like you said could go and make first name optional and so the type and the type is not the type is not the type definition is not derived in the same strong way that it is when you have inference throughout a single application okay okay so you're saying so
1: typescript works best when you have inference through the whole application you write a function you guarantee everything works and when the source of truth is local is in the application yeah. yeah and then there's another layer which is like you're you have types that come from a remote system, yeah. like your CMS or some, AP. or even
0: calling something on the command line, or,
1: or like you yeah. you know, like. But um, but they're 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 actual TypeScript types that were provided to yeah. you by a third party, yeah. and those are those are good but right. they're not as good as the first they're case they're almost more because, nefarious
0: because you seem like oh i yeah, have, types. You can trust them. But, yeah, but have types but, but they, they can change. They are disconnected the source of truth are it's not yep. those types anymore whereas with, when you're in a in, in a in a program with all static function definitions and invocations that is the source of truth is the functions that are right there so you can't since you're in the closed system you can't change those without losing type safety whereas you can change a runtime system. Lose type safety, but not know it. Not know, it. Yep, yep. Because and that's where the lie comes in. So I almost feel like lie
1: <clears> is like lie is like a really strong word. I almost feel like in the it, second case you're bringing up, it's it's
0: less of a lie and it's more of like a drift. It it's is just, a drift. It is a drift. But that's the whole point of the lie, which is like, yeah, you the, think you're you want to safe, minimize not, exactly, yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. It does not give you the same kind of safety that you would get if you were working with a source definition that was local and therefore um was, was always ironclad exactly changed. exactly type, like whenever it changed the type was exactly updated. it's like uh, the sandy metz inference uh uh implementation um not implementation interface test remember the sandy metz story about when you have to like mock a service it's actually the same problem if you think about it okay go ahead um and uh sandy metz ruby community talked about when you are using stripe as a service and you start writing tests and you want to mock it out so that you can write tests given stripe returns a 400 given it returns a 500 how should my application respond there's a risk as soon as you mock anything for the purpose of testing but it turns out for other purposes too right as soon as you mock anything for the purpose of testing you run the risk that your mocks drift with the source of truth and uh, as soon as it drifts your test suite could be giving you false positives because your test suite says, oh, when Stripe is in this state, look, our app does this and it gracefully degrades or it lets the charge go through. What if Stripe has a breaking API change? Your mocks are derived, but they're like not derived. They're not yeah, derived. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They are a copy and they're a snapshot of an API at a point in time. And so <clears throat> it's basically become a lie. So the question is, can you trust the lie? Because as, as soon as you mock it, it's a lie. And uh, the answer that she gave is one way you can do this is you have like an implementation test. or Sorry, a contract test where you actually like verify. There's ways to do this in yeah. different s- situations where you, you have a test that says, you know, Stripe adheres to this API contract. And my Stripe mock does as well. And so that way, if you go to like NPM upgrade Stripe, your package JSON, and they change an API... Like you have a programmatic way to know that like charge doesn't work anymore because you have a test that imports the real Stripe, says it responds to create API, and then your mock does too. So you npm install, upgrade the package, your contract test fails. Oh, wait, the API has changed. We missed that breaking API notice in the change log. Update that contract test. Then your mock fails a test. So you know, oh, I need to go now, update yeah, the, the mock. Yeah. And now your mock has become truth again true enough in that case probably very like it's true because the code is part of your thing so that way you know the mm-hmm. contracts you care about the apis you care about are being implemented by your mock and now you can rely on it in your tests. so in the same way like if you think about it that's one way that you could think about how to get information about the public api the service that you rely on is downloading the types and that is like a mock of the api that's basically what it is right yeah, yeah. it's like a mock and so the question is is the mock that you have um the snapshot of the thing at some point in time, or maybe it's an incomplete snapshot? Maybe it's just a mock. It's like a it's a shadow of of the API service that you're relying on. And um the question is, can you rely on it? So first of all, is it a good mock? You know, have they defined, yeah, a user can have a first name uh and an ID. But it could also have a non-user if our server goes down in five hundreds. And here's what you'll see in that case. Because good box for services and packet libraries handle show you all of those possibilities. You can put them in all those so yeah. you can get the whole permutation of every outcome, you know? Um, so there's a lot to think about there. It's not just that the user has a name in the rec- in the database, it's that when I call fetch and get a user back right there's the layers of all that in between everything that can go wrong yeah yep. Yep. so so that is that is a lie and it's a good it's <clears throat> i think it's okay to use this strong word lie because i think it's important for programmers to understand the difference between a type like that and one for like a component that they're extracting in their own application because when you extract a component from a chunk of html and passing some props and define the props and you get type errors you know you have a hundred percent guarantee in the body of that component. And that's the beauty of TypeScript that is helping you. You're going to be thinking about the alternatives that you had missed. Like what happens if this is, you know, something else, but when it comes to, um, and, and you see that happen actually with like great example of this is like the, uh, router.query router and next. And, uh, if you do like router.query.search. dot search, It can be a string, it can be an array of strings, or it can be undefined, Mm -hmm. right? And that's something you have to think about because that is data coming in from a user's like system. Uh, The user has control over the URL, we don't. And so you have to account for all those cases. So that's an example of like a mock in a sense, but it's like an airtight mock and it's something that's not really changing. Like once the users can enter in like data objects to the URL, Mm -hmm. it might change. But that's like a good case of like, creating the bound ba- creating the type at the boundary and um it's so good that you can trust it completely and, and then
1: it also forces you it to deal to with it, it in the boundary at the boundary yeah. because the very first line you write is if type of is not a, if right if type of param is not a string then or just use or this type default of param is empty ignore like it or something, yeah. Or something. Mm-hmm. yep yeah yep. you know it's funny that that whole process of Doing the type check is something I would never, ever do if I didn't get those type hints. Right. And it also annoys me every right. time I it have to. It does me too. Because I feel like it adds a bunch of boilerplate. Yeah. But just hearing you talk about this, it's like, yeah, this actually is protecting, this is protecting my, my system, my code from yeah. outside input. And yeah. that's, that's important. That I mean, is at important. At the end of the day, like that's really
0: important. It's more, it will lead you with a more resilient app that won't break if you know users do something you weren't expecting that wasn't on the happy path. You know what I mean? One of the things is, Before we get to that that third case again, one of the things Mm -hmm. that's hard about, like you
1: talked about, like, you know, testing the contract. Right. That's like, that's not free. No. You have to develop that. You have to, like, get everyone on board, set up CI for that. Whatever you do to test that. Yeah. So it's hard for me. Like, in the Stripe case or, like, if we're, like, really depending on some third-party service, it's like, okay, yeah, we can figure out some contract testing. But um, if my app is making like random fetch calls to random yeah, so services i'm not gonna do that for well like for anymore.
0: example in build ui you set up uh with with hasura and uh the cms we're basically have a mock of the cms in the yeah. form of a type and if you change a query um you regenerate the type you know and so that is like that's both but in we, the same system and so no, that's but, really not like a lie no no but it is a lie because i could go you download the types that's Hasura, true that's true i could go oh yeah and, it's a downloading part not yeah. the auto gen for the right, queries. Not the so, so the, the auto gen for the queries is different but yes the downloading part is really yes but because it's simple enough it's just us you're it's right also, there is a cost we haven't we us. haven't it's taken the time to set up anything that will automatically do right. it every time you whatever right you know right. it is it's just us <laughs> so if you or i
1: change a type We'll just go in, download the types, and get yes. them in the commit. But change the schema. Change the
0: schema. We change, change the schema. Right, yeah. mm-hmm.
1: Just imagining. Well, I guess what we could do is like well, on CI. Or, CI yeah. could just delete the types,
0: delete the schema, ah, download it, that's and a regenerate. Good, yeah. But even that, then, like yeah. even that, that yeah. that takes that effort. Point, it takes. Time. It does, and you at that point you've already written code that could be written against an actual lie, yes. right? Um, but it would catch it because of my code when it compiles. it would catch lie. it but you've already written code and you might have to rewrite it because yeah you have yeah, it. you uh, know what i'm yeah, saying yeah, yeah. You, you want it when you're authoring. push yeah. yeah yeah so um so write a node script that just constantly downloads right. a scheme every 10 exactly. milliseconds <laughs> um or it tells you you're out of date or something like you know get status you know your your things out yeah of date. so yeah lie is actually possibly um there might be a word that means like it's a potential lie right because ideally you do want to go through a step where you like validate it and um if it doesn't conform to it since it's like uh there's a big possible set of data it could be that you handle those cases and then once you get there um so yeah let's talk about like the case with the the kind of final case i guess where you have the blog post that's also being fetched over the network the blog post source of truth is in a system and it's also being accessed over the API. And so it's the so system could change. The API could change. And it's like a legacy system. There's no yeah. like, there, it's not. Yeah. A yeah. yeah okay. So types. it doesn't give you any types that you're running yeah. yourself. That could fall out. But then you also have the API call. I guess it's really the same problem. Because at the end of the day, the only way the data is getting into your program is through a fetch call. So, but, but I guess it's different because in the second case that you brought up with, with Hasura, or, yeah. or,
1: you download the type. So, you're Yeah, but not you still authored. have to
0: know how to do that. I'm saying right. at the point in time when you're writing code, if there is data coming into your system, that source of truth is not in your system, that's yes, the, that's it's the same. That's pre- a lie. This is a lie. But again, lie might be too strong because it's the same case for URL parameters coming into your system. But... Because the type is exhaustive, right? No, no, no. But the that- source of truth for the URL is not in your system. You don't have like that data is not anywhere in your, you can't point to anything and show me like all of the invocations that router.query query will be called with because that happens at runtime by users typing in, text into the url box. i know but But there is a type that is not a lie it conforms to it's because it's been correctly typed exhaustively and that interface is not changing then we can rely on it and so it's not a lie anymore like search is either undefined or an array or a string now maybe it actually you never run your program maybe you could say it's a lie in the sense that you never run your program ever with search as undefined because that no one ever actually does like question mark search or something like that. Or no one ever calls it as an array, which is the frustration that you were talking about yeah, before. Yeah. Like I want page equals one. It's never going to be an array. Why do I have to handle that? Right. No, so you handle like, it and then no one ever passes in multiple page arguments. So then you could say it's a lie because the type is like no 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 not Hold on. Hold back, back up back up no 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 i could craft a url no i know i know you could that I know. makes it I an know. array I know. I know and, and
1: by that exhaustive type forcing you to deal with it your program is now robust to it so
0: yeah no i i, I understand that i'm okay. just saying um it's annoying but it's. it would be like calling it'd be like writing an add function where you have like number or string and then like if type of a is string return like yeah can error or throw error or okay. something but no one ever does that. So you'd be like, that's, you shouldn't write that as your type signature because no one's ever going to call it with a string. You should just limit, you should limit it even more because you'd rather have them have like a type error. Ideally you would be able to say no one can pass in an array of query params called search in my case of my program. Like the user would get an error when they're typing, but no, they can't. can't. I know. Can't I know. That Anyways, the digression, yeah. I'm just <laughs> point being the question is, is that, uh, is it actually correct to call the type definition that comes from router.query a lie? And I no. think the answer is no. So then, then we have to go back and refine what we were saying about the fact that data coming into your internal system is where lies are created. Because that's a case where data is coming into your internal system from a search bar, but there is no it's lie. Not data.
1: It's not data. It's types, or
0: types from inter- external systems are coming into your system. It's not even about types, though. It, 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 no, I it's think not. Yeah, cuz I, I could write a new router and I could give you a type definition for what possible values my router.query could be. Okay. So that's not an external system giving me a type definition. Like I you know, can still type. I know. It's not it. a
1: lie. It's fine. My program is going to be robust because I can I can write my program it in a way It would be that...
0: a lie if someone didn't if someone typed that uh URL router.query if they wrote a type definition for it and they didn't include like the array case or the, uh, or the undefined case. Yep. Or browsers just updated. That would be a lie. And your program wouldn't give you any information about the fact that that's a lie. Yes. So that's why it's different than just like, um, mistyping something like within your code base. But I think the key
1: here is that the types are coming into your system from an external system. So the types aren't being inferred from your function definitions. The types are coming in from an external system, whether it be, Someone typing all the ways a browser can send query params,
0: but in into. that case you're writing the types. I'm not writing the types. I'm I'm using your router. And, yeah. And so you could just write a bad type, but that's not a lie. that's yeah, a bad no, type. We're being like, okay, that's yeah, just yeah, it's a bad, a bad type.
1: type. Browsers could update in ten years from now and say we're 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 we have a yeah, new let, type of query sure. param where you can pass in JSON sure, directly, sure, sure, and sure, then sure, all sure. these types would be outdated. Sure, sure, sure. But the key is, is that the types are not they're not inferred from our program they're external they're coming from somewhere else so the external type is is an xjs router saying these are all the ways that query params can come over through a url
0: i I want to think about i think i think i I like this no i want to think if there's like a difference between a bad type and a type that's like a lie i mean okay we can just like get back up a few levels here because we kind of like got in the weeds there the main point is that when you hear folks say this or we say this, the, type's, the type is a lie and <laughs> the cake is a lie. Um, it's It usually is when a system just gives you a type because that is a, giving you a false sense of confidence. You know what I'm saying? Whereas if you had to type it yourself, you might be more careful. They've given you this type and uh, you, you think it is like the truth, but it's not. It's not even about typing it yourself. It's
1: about inferring it from your function definitions That's yeah i know but
0: you still have to write your own type definitions for your functions and you could be wrong like you could forget that people can call this with like null or undefined as soon as someone calls it with null i know but what they, if they they're don't? not going to pass the link but what if they don't no wait hold on if someone calls it with null
1: the, the typescript program won't compile it'll say null is not a valid type what if
0: you say a is like an array of any or something like that well 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 then then okay now we go into like that's what i'm saying was a bad th- type you yeah but that yeah i want to be charitable here and i don't i don't i want to throw those all out of this argument but like, that's kind of what we're talking about which is yeah. like the types aren't exclusive and they're not like actually accounting for the reality of every way that it could be called the fact is is that if some if
1: you write a type that says i can be called with an array of any yeah then you your function has to now handle an array of any, so you have yeah. to handle array of numbers, an array of strings, an array of cats. So if you do something that dogs, doesn't, like, it'll give you a, a error or something. You just have to you you have said my function yeah. works with an array of any, so right. you better be damn sure yeah. That. Yeah, your function yeah, works yeah, with yeah. an array of any. Yeah. Well, yeah. So I, that I would say is like you know, there's like TypeScript has strict mode where you're like you can't do stuff like that. It's to prevent you from just right. papering anys to get right. past you know things you don't want to think about.
0: But, yeah. External system gives you a type. Exactly. External system it gives you a It falls out type. of sync for one reason or another. It's either the source of truth has changed or the API responds with something different. I guess they, those both end up being the API responds yeah. with something different Just the source of truth. The, the source of truth yeah. has changed. Mm-hmm. Those types have changed and
1: mm-hmm. you haven't re-downloaded right. them or whatever. So that's one case you have to deal with. Mm-hmm. And then the other case, I, I, I kind of touched on this before, I'll just real quick, is that when... The, the third-party system doesn't provide any types. It's an old right. legacy system. Right. So you end up defining those types in your code. Right. And I think this is... I've, I've seen this in just about every TypeScript project I've worked on. Right. I'm fetching a blog post. And I I know the blog post has a title, mm-hmm. an author, and content, and is published. So I'm just going to write uh, type blog post with those four fields. Right. And now my system, I can write components that take blog posts. Right. I can write data fetching functions that right. take blog posts. And they work. But this is like, this is a thing is like, that's a lie. because You shouldn't be as that's confident That's a lie in because it can drift. The yep. third party system can change. And that's almost like that class of lie is almost a worse lie because if I change the types in Hasura, I just have to redownload them, right. redownload the schema and right. regenerate the types. But if someone goes off and changes the types in a third party system, they have no idea that I defined the type in my app around some data in their system right. so um yeah it's really scary like you can you can you can drift i think drift might be a better word drift if, drift is a lie yeah but drift. It,
0: it ends up being a, the type check is what's the lie the fact yeah. that your program type checks and you've ex, you've you have taken care of all possibly bug all bugs that are possibly statically analyzable by typescript is is actually the lie because like the program is not type check it doesn't it's not type safe because you're going to run it passing in different data than you're telling me, right? So it's like yeah, the the harm is the, the drifting is part of it, but the harm is like you're not TypeScript's not giving you the benefit that it could be if it knew if it knew the correct information, right? Yeah. And so you have like a false confidence in your <laughs> yeah, overall it's program. Wor-
1: it's almost worse because yeah.
0: it's giving you yeah the confidence yes yeah, yeah It's confidently lying
1: it's confidently lying yeah
0: (laughs) it's a programmer (laughs) yeah (laughs) i was gonna say it's me (laughs) (laughs) so when you're in this situation um and you have to deal with this which a lot of times you do um we also talk about like keeping the types closest to the boundaries as possible because uh the worst thing you can do is be the What's worse than one lies, like 10 lies, <laughs> yeah. you know? So if you have 10 different parts where you're typing different sub graphs of your blog post and they're all around your code base, you're losing type safety every single time you do that. And um, this is why in general you want to rely on inference as much as possible in TypeScript because you restrict your sources of truth to the edges this is like just there's a good analogy here with functional programming right with like side effects and transforms like your effects are like at the edge and like everything else if you put effects everywhere you like lose the benefits of the system it's the same thing and so you want to rely on inference to flow through the system because if you don't every time you come in and define a type then you introduce the possibility of Defining another lie which removes more type safety um so this is where like libraries like zod come in because they kind of operate typically at the boundaries but even if you're not using zod then you just still want to keep your definitions up here somewhere and then once you get past that you just let them flow through your functions yeah like maybe just keep them right next to the api calls and Mm -hmm. then if you have like
1: different types of blog posts you use like the typescript utility functions where it's like you're not just defining new types for like a published blog post and un- unpublished. Right. You're more taking right. that blog original blog post and saying like un- pub- unpublished is like narrow it down. Yeah, exactly. Narrow yep. it, omit like the published yep. update. Yep, and just so you can derive just it and that narrow one thing. Yes, exactly. Yep. Um, I, re- I really where like. where the
0: data comes in the system API yep. calls, the URL, form inputs. Those are all areas where this problem presents itself the most because those are the areas that you're interacting with data that's again not within the same like static program basically yep yep this is like what um um what's the language elm they when you get uh i think elixir might do this too but when you make an api call so for folks who have never worked with like completely type safe languages i haven't but i know enough about them uh to know that like not only do they have types the way TypeScript does but they actually run in that same environment so it'd be as if like typescript doesn't ever get rid of the types to run like the runtime Oh, they do validation well that's why elm literally makes you a guarantee that you will never have runtime errors you can't have a runtime error in an elm program because you can't even compile and execute it if you don't type check effectively so
1: so so if i say like i'm fetching a blog post and it has a title and i make that fetch request in elm you can't do that without back.
0: handling the case where the fetch request comes doesn't, back as doesn't, undefined doesn't, or something okay. else so everything it's impossible it's literally impossible to have a runtime error in Elm.
1: does that lead i mean i've never done elm but my like initial reaction is like does that just lead to like try catch and if
0: statements everywhere? i mean you have a lot of stuff i i don't i don't know but okay. i mean you know, for example, or maybe like, there's, I know there's better ways to do this in TypeScript. So yeah. maybe there's better ways. To oh, do for it. sure. I mean, for example, like the, the whole, um, when you fetch JSON, you have to parse it into a type data structure. And if it doesn't parse for whatever reason, you are now in the error branch of the application and you have to handle that in some uh, way. So there's no way I can give you a response you didn't expect and at runtime and break your, your program, your program is not going to break from a runtime because, exception because it knows hey you could get now a you're, you're right what you un- didn't parsable. expect is actually something you are handling because yeah. i forced you to right that's how haskell works yeah, and, yeah. and i think uh not i guess not elixir but I, elm is is 100 type safe so they have no runtime errors which is pretty cool i mean that was like their whole selling benefit at the beginning now you can still get to be clear you can still have bugs you can, you can still, still write yeah, bugs you can still, bu- you can still write can still, programs still that have behavior you don't you can expect still have an error on the
1: screen and such that like you show a message like i
0: oh I, of course I that's not an exception right, though like right. uh but you help ha- you dealt with that like you the you're programmer, gonna be it's it's a code, it code path in your path. App. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly Very cool yeah Very isn't cool. that neat so yeah this is the same kind of idea and this is basically what like zod does which is you fetch the json and then you have a type which is potentially a lie but zod is going to help make that you know less likely to be a lie because zod is acting as that json parser layer from elm where you take the data you parse it into an object parse right you just you put it into an object and validate that it it looks like the user that you thought it was going to and if it doesn't what do you do so what do you do right and then once you pass it and it does that's where like the lie ends that's the whole idea of like zod or keeping these lies at the boundary because now you can't point to me hey you wrote a component down here and, uh, you said you were gonna, you know, give it a user and it's gonna show the first name and last name and concat. But I gave you a user without a first name. That's your fault because you didn't handle that case. You can say, no, you gave me a user and the type says that it has a first name and last name. So it's not my fault because it was the fault up here. We didn't validate that it has a first name and last name, and if it doesn't, we shouldn't be passing it through the system because then those drifts and those lies they slowly, add defensive slowly, yep. horrible code everywhere. So that's why you want to keep it at the boundaries. Cool. I want to back up a little talk mm-hmm. about
1: talk about Zod because I've found that Zod is a really really nice way to handle this case, especially the one the third one that I was talking about where you have to define your own types
0: mm-hmm. based off the, like the legacy the legacy system. The, the, mm-hmm.
1: So with Zod, you define, I think they call it a schema where you, and it's, it's really, um, you can go nuts with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you can say like, I have an, uh, email address field and that's an email. Mm-hmm. I have a first name and it's, you know, uh, one through five
0: characters. I Sounds know like div- you can, you can do validations beyond what you could express in types. Exactly. Way,
1: way, way beyond. Yeah.
0: You can write JavaScript. Yes. That, like, you can
1: write arbitrary code. Yep, you can write, yep, Exactly. So then you write your, your Zod schema and you write that in JavaScript. So it's a JavaScript API Mm -hmm. that looks like that, but then Zod has this infer and you can Mm -hmm. take that Zod schema you wrote and just extract the type. Oh, cool. And so now you have a type that now you can give to the components in your system. I actually haven't
0: used Zod yet. If you can write arbitrary JavaScript, what would it infer from that? so, so <laughs> i'm gonna write all my schema definitions yeah. so crazy so it's just like first name no, any no. last name any yeah. <laughs> age any <laughs> so Here's i have not buddy i haven't you kicked, can't hold me down i haven't kicked it
1: enough <laughs> yeah. to know like if i define something that can either be like the string ryan or the string sam does that, like that directly translate to a union type of ryan and sam or does it translate to a string like uh-huh, uh-huh, all this uh-huh, odd uh-huh, stuff uh-huh. i've done yeah. is is i mean it's the case that I saw pretty bad It's though. taking a response from an API, taking something that I was typing as a, res- I was typing out what a legacy API was supposed to respond with. That thing would drift and would just seep through the entire system. And so, using Zod to, to basically create a type, validate it, and then infer. type from my validation Mm -hmm. such that i could use that type Mm -hmm. in other components other functions Mm -hmm. in in the system Mm -hmm. and i think that's a really nice way just kind of like going back to what you said about elm that's a really nice way to lie because you're lying but you're saying like
0: hey if i'm ever wrong like call me out on it you know what i'm saying yeah yeah, i think that for instance you can't lie for 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 one thing you can't lie in elm that's not a lie <laughs> it's not a lie okay yeah i guess you're so i forced- guess you would say this is not i mean this at this point uh, assuming zod is yeah it's assuming not a lie. zod it's, it's, yeah to, it's not a it, lie I, so I, it's funny because when i was writing this i was like well i'm lying but at least i'm lying with like a runtime check i'm lying with style no, <laughs> yeah i'm lying with no so. the runtime check is what gives you a type that you can be 100 confident because in, assuming there's no bugs in like zod because library because i know at that it, point you've only reached valid- that code path
1: if my valid my zod validation fails the rest of my program hasn't run and therefore the rest of my program never got the lied type
0: it's just like being in the body of that yeah. ad f- it's being in the body of the ad function and knowing that you're working with two numbers that is what it means to have be like in the type safe world and have typescript giving you the benefit the boundary is a caller and so, so it's f- like a nice little gate yeah just yeah yeah
1: so, i no, I, ha- I, should, I should i need to play
0: with that i haven't yeah, actually played i should with go yet.
1: crazy and i should add like Weird. I again I was just doing stuff like is a
0: string, is right. a number, is a Boolean. And those just, are all methods that it has, right? Yeah, and that's yeah, how yeah. It they, knows, they, they have, but have, that's how it knows how to infer. Like because if you were putting arbitrary <laughs> job <laughs> Dude, to me it's all magic. <laughs> I mean, really, like <laughs> it's pretty cool. Um Yeah, pretty neat. Yeah. Okay. So anyways, then, we got in a little wheezy there at the beginning, but I think there's a high level thing here, which is like you should be aware that when you work with external systems. That uh, it's very easy for like lies, types that are lies, actually lies, to slip into your system. Um, the example of the query router is actually an example of like a non-lie because they've been exhaustive in terms of what the URL can be, and you you have to deal with them, which is sometimes annoying. But that's the benefit; it means you won't run into a bug when someone puts something in the URL you don't expect. Usually, when we interact with systems like APIs, we're writing them ourselves, so we don't have the same uh you know diligence and care that an attention for every piece that an oss maintainer a framework maintainer would give and so it's very easy to just call an api endpoint and you want to add a type to it so that you can use typescript and you kind of know ah yeah this is going to be this is going to be a number steve over in the back end department told me it's a number so i'm just going to say it's a number that's like the lie that's like where you should have some your spidey sense should be going off and um you can use Zod. You don't have to use Zod. The idea is you probably do it by yourself first, so then you understand the problem Zod is solving. You say I have a fetch request here. Dot then response dot and then you now have a user, and then you say user equals response dot user equals await response dot as you know first name it's exact. last name. That's that's like your your you're lying at that point you are hundred yeah, percent lying and that's exactly exactly what i was doing yeah like mm-hmm. right because it's the easiest thing to do yeah yep yeah so Dude, i even
1: think one of those like the, the json thing has a generic where you can just say hey guess what this response i'm getting back it's a user with a f- fetch person. does that you take well, to- i think some maybe yeah. like response.json yeah, does. yeah something yeah. does it yeah. but it right. was like enter lie this here is what I, yeah, <laughs> yeah but this is what i ran Tell into. Me whatever you want this is what i ran into yeah. and i was just mm-hmm. and then i had that
0: thing mm-hmm. and i was just creating a type right ripping it through the entire system right and right right, yeah. right. So yeah, it would be a good exercise for by yourself to say, okay, how can I get through and make sure maybe I don't care about handling every 300, and 500 error or whatever, um, or if the response is okay, or if the data does come through as a tuner, but it's not what I expect, how would I just say, okay, let me make sure it looks what I think it looks like, and then I'm going to give it a type. And at that point, if I've written that code correctly, it's not a lie, it still could be like. It's, you don't have quite as much confidence because you could have written a bug, mm-hmm. but um, at least at that point you're doing some. It's the it, it, I think that would help p- for people to sink in that this is like a runtime. It has to happen at runtime to understand yeah. this for you to be able to like back out the types from the teasing from it. teasing the confidence that TypeScript yes. gives you apart from yes. the runtime confidence yeah yeah the runtime like very vari- variability like yeah. the the um like the indeterminate parts of it.
1: It's funny, I, I kind of feel like this is gonna sound really stupid, but I kind of feel like I wish I got more reps in working with like legacy systems. Right to actually really push this because this was just one little thing that i was working with but it had a really really big effect just yeah on how you through, yeah maybe don't through. be careful man might get what you wish for but <laughs> yeah, like, you gonna call I up ryan you available for some consulting <laughs> Yeah. I got know. a 15 year old pearl
0: script actually pearl script system would probably be 30 years old at this point i know but uh <laughs> it is something that at least the lies
1: we're dealing with are just re-download our types so yeah. th- that is something being, that is cool it's i feel less like we need that runtime validation right but it would be good to it would be good to maybe
0: have in a few like key spots you know and this is talking to like uh cms so oh but it's at build time too i'm even still yeah i'm assuming uh so you're assuming like 200s or like you're assuming the response is coming back wait in which
1: case i'm talking
0: about you're saying you don't you feel like you don't need the runtime validation like zod part what yes when i'm i feel like i there's less of a need for that when, you have I'm, the latest when types. I'm
1: ingesting types yeah. that someone else is yeah. giving to me even though i know those types can drift yeah yeah I, it's i feel like i need the validation when i'm literally yeah. looking at api response and handcrafting types
0: yeah now does the types that are generated to account for like api responses being down because of like a server being down like database error 500 uh, like are you forced to deal with the api giving you a 500 in part of your program through type it does typescript force you to deal with that that's the question if that makes sense that would be interesting to look at i think no because i think the fetch request can throw and so i have to like wrap the thing that's make calling the fetch request okay so so the type you're you're doing like as type and the type is coming from the system but you are writing no 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 i'm you're is it like this is it like cms giving you an sdk where you say like exactly like a prisma thing like a prisma would be able to return to you a type thing um you know, that's not a lie. Pr- Prisma's
1: types are really good. Yeah. Pr-
0: Prisma's types, they are,
1: I mean, they are a lie because you could not run Prisma migrate, go edit your database with some other tool.
0: And they're not, and they they're, not po- pulled, they're not pulling from that. No, they, they pull from Okay. So that, in from that way, generated. they're a lie. But, but the feedback account, with yeah, Prisma yeah. is
1: much, much faster because yeah. every time you run a Prisma command, it's going to regenerate those types gotcha. and put them right on disk
0: where, I can But you could run it and I could be running your code but without your migrations, basically. Yeah,
1: something like right. that. Something I'm sure we could, yeah. we could yeah. but it's much more likely I'm gonna go edit the CMS right. while you're coding and right. you don't pull down the latest right, version right, of the type. Right, right, right. So
0: I mean, Interesting. Anyway, yeah, yeah, I feel yeah, like yeah.
1: I, yeah. I feel like the third case when I'm handcrafting is yep. where I need the validation. Yep, yep, when I'm yep. downloading types, I, yep. I probably probably put a little too much faith in them. Mm-hmm. But yeah. That's interesting. That's, so that's so just, yeah. also that's just like very you're being pragmatic you're working yeah also that
0: has been my experience so far maybe i'm gonna change in a month from now right interesting so yeah the lies can all pop up all at the edges at the seams of a program where there's external systems involved that's where all these things have in common so yeah pretty interesting that'd be a fun little youtube video to make yeah lying
1: in typescript yeah i thought we were gonna have a nice little podcast where we just buttoned up this topic and it was like, you know, just easy Tuesday afternoon. And now I'm I like, have a lot to think about. Yeah, now yeah. I'm like, I need to go make 20 need, apps. Same, that's experiment. exactly what I'm feeling. Like I got to install Zod. I want to like learn Elm. So I see what happens <laughs> <Yeah>. there. <laughs>
0: That'd be pretty interesting to see. But, uh, no, that was a good topic. Isn't it so much easier when you can just lie? Yeah, <laughs> just lie. <laughs> I'm just going to keep external systems out of my code. That's the easiest yeah, thing. Is that, to write a stateless program. Yeah, there you go. Just functions. There you go. It's like I will have literally no type, <laughs> no type lies in my whole program. It also won't do anything. <laughs> cool. Well, I think we should wrap it there. Yeah. Um, maybe next week we will pick up. We, we thought we were going to talk with a second topic, but that was a nice one. Let's do um the deferred discussion um absolutely Brian That's Lawrence has been tweeting about defer utility and remix uh, which is pretty interesting and um and streaming how it works with streaming and uh you know uh coincidentally i just I just made like a little short video uh on streaming in the uh, react next. remix next, next. <laughs> third time next uh thirteen, which is really cool but um it's neat to see like things popping in and you know like it's be is it because of javascript things popping in the browser spinner still going but like your page is changing is javascript running at that yeah, point yeah J- javascript's running javascript's then like placing new data
1: as it streams in. we'll have to it's, we'll have to talk about, about it so. cool
0: all right everyone thanks for listening and uh we'll see you next week bye bye